the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome. You are listening to the Georgine Rice Show, and we are thrilled that once again we are broadcasting live from Mission Connection. Now, I don't know if you can hear the sound of the crowds that are gathering at the main entrance here at Rolling Hills Community Church, but they are starting to enter into the lobby area where they can enjoy 90 exhibits and resources that are stretched throughout um, the area here at, uh, at Rolling Hills. Mission Connection's theme this year is There is Hope. And if... Um, if you think about it, one of the things we desperately need in our time is the realization that in Christ there is hope and that we are agents of hope when we are engaged in mission. Well, Mission Connection is sponsored by area churches, and those who are attending this year will enjoy uh, the options of 100 workshops that range in subject matter uh, from just about anything you can imagine uh, right down the line. Um, there are... Um, Area churches that are sponsoring uh, Mission Connection. It features um, this year pastor, author Francis Chan, president and CEO of Hope International, Peter Greer, Identity Exchange co-founder, Jamie Winship, and India Gospel League president um, as well, all speaking uh, at Mission Connection this year. We'll tell you a bit more about them. The doors opened at 4 o'clock, so just moments ago, so people are streaming in. They had to pre-register, as you probably recall, uh, in order to participate this year. So uh, from 4 to about 7, there's an opportunity for them to peruse the uh, 90 exhibits, and it'll take all of that much time because you have the opportunity to speak with people. There are materials, uh, and you can learn more not only about what God might be calling you to engage in, but what God is already doing in the world. And I'm telling you, it can be so encouraging to hear from those who are in the mission field, whether that's right here at home or they're being called abroad. So there's an opportunity and plenty of time to uh, peruse those 90 exhibits. In fact, my guess is you're going to spend some time uh, at the exhibits tonight, and then there'll be time tomorrow as well to try to cover all 90 of them and the resources that accompany uh, those uh, those exhibits. So the doors opened at 4 and you have until uh, uh, 5.30 for the first set of workshops that begins at 5.30 to 6.30. And then the first plenary speaker will be Francis Chan. He is the keynote tonight. He'll be speaking in the worship center. Now, for those of you who don't know Francis Chan, he is the best-selling author of Crazy Love, Forgotten God, Erasing Hell, and the host of the basic series, Who is God? who are church. He is currently planning churches in the San Francisco area. He and his wife, Lisa, they have seven children, and they are co-authors of the new book, You and Me Forever, Marriage in Light of Eternity. He's going to be speaking here tonight. And again, keep in mind that the theme is There is Hope. So he's going to be touching on the hope that we have in Christ, the hope of bringing the gospel to those who desperately need it. Things will end here tonight at about 9 o'clock, and then the doors will open on Saturday morning at 8 o'clock with uh, 
Peter Greer, the keynote at 9 o'clock here at Rolling Hills Church. Now, Peter Greer, uh, I should mention that prior to joining Hope International, he worked internationally as a microfinance advisor in Cambodia. He was a technical advisor for Self-Help Development Foundation in Zimbabwe, and um, he was a managing director of the Urwego Community Bank in Rwanda. He is an advocate for the church's role in mission and alleviating poverty. He's also co-author of several books, including Mission Drift and Created to Flourish. He and his wife, Laurel, they live in Pennsylvania with their three children. But tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock here at Mission Connection, he will be the keynote speaker. The second round of workshops will begin at 11 o'clock tomorrow uh, with an uh, opportunity to visit the exhibits and enjoy some lunch at about noon. The third workshop will take place at uh, 1.30, the, the third round of workshops, I should say. And then at 3 o'clock, the uh, keynote speaker will be Samuel Stevens. Samuel Stevens is... Um, I should say Reverend Stevens is the third generation leader of India Gospel League. He has a deep commitment to sustainable transformation in the lives and living conditions of people in the rural villages of India. He's established rural schools, medical clinics, skill training centers, daycare facilities, programs empowering thousands of lives. And he's going to be the keynote speaker uh, at 3 o'clock p.m. tomorrow on Saturday. There's a break for dinner at 4.30 and, of course, opportunities to pick up those exhibits you haven't yet uh, visited. And then at uh, 5.30, the final round, the fourth round of uh, sessions, workshops, that's coming up. And then at 7, uh, Jamie Winship will be the keynote speaker at the, the final session of this year's Mission Connection. Now, Jamie uh, Winship is uh, is a former police officer in the metro D.C. area. He spent over 25 years in the Muslim world teaching people how to hear from God, to live in his kingdom. He and his wife, Donna, they speak around the U.S. and across the globe. Together, they're serving as catalysts to help people find their God-given identity and experience a life of freedom. And that's the lineup of uh, plenary and keynote speakers for Mission Connection 2018. Francis Chan, Peter Greer, Jamie Winship, and Reverend Samuel Stevens. It's going to be a lively weekend. People's lives are going to be transformed because they are seeking direction and clarity in how God wants to use the gifts that he has given to serve people around the world. So we are delighted to be here at uh, Mission Connection. Again, Rolling Hills Community Church this year, and the theme, There is Hope. Matthew 12, 21 is the scripture that's been cited. In his name, the nations will put their trust. Uh, today, we're going to talk with a number of presenters here at Mission Connection. In fact, we'll begin in our next segment with um, uh, Peter DiPaoli, and I'm I need to check on that name. I'm not altogether confident. He is uh, going to be teaching a workshop uh, tonight and on Saturday in missions, or I probably should say Arkins, for me. The MS and MA at Western assisted adults and students find their call. And he has a counseling practice, pastors at church, fellowship with. He's an adjunct professor at uh, Multnomah at Western at George Fox and Warner Pacific. So he's a very big guy, but he's here at Mission Connection to present two workshops. He'll be joining us in our first section. You're listening to the George Gene Rice Show podcast is aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show, and we're broadcasting live from Mission Connection here at Rolling Hills Community Church. The doors opened at 4 o'clock, and people are streaming in. It is such an exciting thing to see God's people excited about the Great Commission. The theme this year, There is Hope. And with me now is one of the workshop presenters, Peter DiPaoli. He is presenting the workshop 
is mission for me. Um, he holds an MS and an MA from Western Seminary. He's assisted adults and students find their, their calling for over 40 years. He has a counseling practice in Tigard. He pastors a church fellowship in Sherwood, and he's an adjunct professor at Multnomah, at Western, George Fox, and Warner Pacific. I'm surprised you had time to stop and talk to us today. <laughs> yeah, pretty busy, yes. <laughs> you do. Thank you so much for, for stopping by. You're now, welcome. you're going to be presenting a workshop uh, on whether or not missions are for me. Now, it's one thing to see somebody who's gifted, and we think, man, I can get it they're right. they're definitely called to the mission field right. but how do i determine if god is calling me to mission yeah well i'm going to do the first part okay which is we, we have a path acronym uh passion was the p a is aptitudes and then the t is the tie together how it matches organizations and positions and then also the h is the handshake of setting up either an internship or a practicum or whatever with that mission organization. So so I got the easy one, right? Is missions for me? And also they put on there about how do I discern my calling? Okay. So a lot of times it's a confirmation from other people. Other people recognize it in you, right? And the Lord's been speaking to you about some things as you read the Bible, get saved. And then what we do here is we go and say, look, what do you, what's your passion or drive? What are the things that you're attracted to? You know, and it could be like support services, evangelism, art, music, counseling, leadership, operations, teaching, whatever. There's a certain pull towards it, you know. And then everybody's got aptitudes. Everybody. So how you communicate, how you relate, and how you function and do tasks with people, that's your hard wire. Mm -hmm. And to see where those match. So you have to understand what those are so you can share them with somebody and not just why why are you interested in this mission organization uh i don't know because <laughs> I, I couldn't do anything else no that's not a good answer right so so that's what i'm going to do i'm going to do the first part and really really focus on what are those aptitudes that god that's god given aptitudes everybody has it i put the skill in the hands of the skillful i'm the potter you're the clay if he makes you a bowl be happy that you're a bowl don't argue with him that you're a pitcher that doesn't go over very well, you know. Well, so. cooperating with God's design is always a, a challenge for us. Yeah. But we don't always recognize this is God's design for my life. So going right. through a process of really thinking, how did God make me? What are the things that right. I'm skilled at? What are the things that really I'm really passionate right. about right. can help us kind of navigate where God is leading right. us. Right, and other people recognize it in you. You just go, I thought everybody did that. No. They really recognize it in you. You just take it for granted and go, yeah, well, it's, it's just my due, okay? So when I got the call to go into ministry, we got saved at Beaverton Foursquare in 1981. And 1986, I go to Multnomah, and I put my application fee of $25 down on the table. I just knew God wanted me to go, and it was confirmed by other people around me. But I was taking that step. You have to take the step. Well, the thing is, Sometimes your greatest area of natural talent is also your greatest area of spiritual testing. Because hmm. you can lean on that natural talent, but you know, if you're not just above the waterline in what you're doing, then is it of God? Because he wants you to depend on him. Yes. You know, blessed are the poor in spirit. The word means beggar. Get that tin cup out there, pour it out and say, Lord, you've got to fill this please, I can't do this without you. Instead of leaning on your own understanding, right? So I love this scripture verse. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. 
Well, who's the power behind you? It's the Holy Spirit, right? So a lot of times people go into missions, okay? But you don't have to worry about missions when God is doing a revival. And you have to have a personal revival first and then an area revival. And I think he's doing that. I think he's waking people up and he's like, I want you to go. I want you to go to some hard places. Lord, if it's not with you, you know, I'm not going. And you you should do that. You should say that. So, I don't know if you ever read a book called Come Down, Lord. It's by Roger Ellsworth. I have not. Oh, my goodness. I'll leave this with you so you can get it. But anyways, there are seven short chapters in there, and it's all about the heart of what is behind revival. Now, I'm, I'm focusing on this on the workshop, but I'm, I'm sharing this with you because we miss you. We need you. We wait for you. We will meet you. We have wronged you. We belong to you, and we beseech you. If God doesn't move, we shouldn't either. Yeah. And if he's not behind it, man, look out. So so anyway, so that's, that's you know, there's that spiritual aspect of it. There's also the natural things to it and the matching and everything else, and that's what we're doing here. But also, we've got to have a personal revival and be alive. We're talking this afternoon with Peter DiPaoli. He's uh, doing a workshop tonight and again on Saturday. Is mission for me? He's exploring a biblical approach to how God leads and equips believers with passion and aptitudes for mission work and how to interpret the call of God. And that's something I think many of us are uncertain of. We don't want to assume that God is calling us. We want to be certain and we want to make sure that we're in the right place at the right time. And uh, to help people kind of think through how to discern the, the will right, of God and right, the hand of God right. is a great, uh, a great thing. Well, I have this. They can't see this, but it's a beautiful calligraphy. Somebody in our church gave it to us on our 10th anniversary. And this is Habakkuk 2, 1 to 3. I'm just going to read it, and then I'm going to tell you the five points about how to discern your calling. It's, it's all in the scripture. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run with it who reads it. For the vision is yet for the appointed time, and at the end it will speak. It will not lie, though it tarries. Wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. So the outline basically is there's five keys to hearing God's voice. Okay? I'll go through it real quick. Sure. Meet with God regularly in a special place. Right? I will stand my watch. That's where you're supposed to be standing. Look to God to speak to you. Dreams and visions. How is he getting through over in the Middle East right now? Yes. A lot of times, right? With the, with the Muslims and stuff. But always confirmed in the word, not the pizza you ate the night before, okay? I will watch and see, it says. Listen for the word of the Lord and see what he will say to me. Keep a journal of what God says to you. Write the vision. Wait for God to bring it to pass. It will surely come. That's the five things. Mm. He's interested in direction, not perfection. Direction. What you write down may be for others to run with, too. That's what it says. And the time is appointed by God. We are not to help God get where he's going. Remember Uzzah? He got buzzed. You know, <laughs> when he helped God get where he's going. We need to trust in the name of the Lord and rely on him. Isaiah 50, 10 to 11 says, you wanna, you, you're in darkness and you have no light. You're going to start a fire. You're going to get burned by your own coals. you got to wait for him. It's so hard. Jesus waited 30 years before God said, mm -hmm. okay, now it's time. Mm -hmm. So 
anyway, there's the outline I'm going to share tonight. Well, there you go. <laughs> Again, uh, he's going to be sharing the workshop, Is Mission for Me, Friday tonight at 5.30 and then on Saturday at 11. A great opportunity to really uh, seek the Lord's direction and understand how he works in leading his people and leading us. Now, before we end, what do you say to the person who says, I have an aptitudes for nothing. I can't imagine that God would ever use me because I know somebody listening thinks that. I know. I know I have a very little simple statement. You know, a lot of people say when they're passing out brains, I thought he said trains and I'll wait to the next one. <laughs> no, everybody's gifted. God doesn't make junk. Everybody's got gifting. You just have to parse it out and find out. I communicate best this way. I relate best with people this way. I do tasks best with people this way. Therefore, these are three to five things that I could do really well. All and right. be confident in it. And I would suggest you attend the uh, the workshop if you're here at uh, <laughs> at Mission Connection. It's a great way to to walk through the very things he discussed. Peter De Paoli, thank you so much for talking you're with us. You're very welcome. Appreciate Good to it. See you. <laughs> and appreciate your serving here Thanks. at Mission Connection. We're going to take a break here in just a moment, but want to remind you that the uh, workshop that we've just been discussing is Mission for, Mission for Me is uh, tonight at 5:30 and again Saturday at 11. Coming up, we're going to talk with Herb Herb and Linda Gregg. Their workshop is held for ransom. A secret church experience with stories of intimacy with Christ in the midst of suffering and persecution. Uh, they are team retirees. Uh, and In fact, they've served in Mexico, China, Russia, Portugal, uh, uh, Brazil, committed to the gospel and discipleship, uh, and have been actually held for ransom. We'll tell you more about that when we return. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show, and we are broadcasting live here from Mission Connection. The theme is There is Hope. And I'm so delighted that we're reminded that in Christ we have hope and that we can send that hope, we can bring that hope to the nations. With me now is Herb and Linda Gray. They're teaching a workshop this uh, this evening, um, held for ransom tonight at 5.30, a secret church experience with stories of intimacy with Christ in the midst of suffering and persecution. Um, Herb and Linda are team retirees. Uh, the Gregs have served in Mexico and China, Russia, Portugal, and Brazil. They're committed to the gospel and discipleship even after being held ransom and we are so delighted that you're here today to teach a workshop and to talk with us here thank you thank you well we have one mic between the two of you so we're going to try to make this work um herb i know that you were held uh held for ransom for a period of time can you tell us a little bit about that experience yes it was uh seven and a half months it was in southern russia uh we were uh, living in, in a province called Dagestan by the Caspian Sea, and I got taken off the street one day after working that afternoon in our in the orphanage that we went to, and uh, and that began uh, a seven and a half months amazing amazing experience with many frightful experiences, but God's presence right there. Mm. Now I can imagine that. People hearing about the experience wonder, where is God in the midst of that kind of a trauma? And in terms of your relationship with him and his provision for you, describe what that was like, walking with God in that kind of a circumstance. Actually, during those months, I felt the presence of God like really never before or never after. The extreme situation and, and danger somehow worked so that I could really, really feel the, the presence of God, right from the very outset all, all the way through the whole 
experience. And um, his resources by his uh, word, he, he gave me uh, verses in my mind that really helped me, and his, his spirit just helped me all the way through. So his word is actually true. Now, Linda, let me ask you to tell us about the ministry you were doing at that time and what you experienced while your, your husband is, is a captive. Uh, we were church planting in Dagestan. There's 34 unreached people groups, and so we were reaching uh, Muslim and ethnic Russians and starting a church in our living room and teaching English in the university. And we started with nothing and grew a small church. And they wanted to have a public ministry, so they, uh, even though it was very dangerous there, we had it in a school, and but we did have home groups, small home groups as well. In case something happened, they had to be in the home. Well, after Herb was kidnapped, they did have to go back to being just in the homes. So um, it's, you have a secret church when it's so dangerous, you have to do it in secret, yeah. and that's the way it is today. Yeah. Now, you're going to be uh, talking about that in the workshop, um, a secret church experience with stories of intimacy with Christ. Now, we live in the West, and it's hard for us to imagine living under that kind of oppression and experiencing Christ in such a dramatic way. Tell us a little bit about what your workshop will uh, help your, um, your attendees experience. Well, I'll answer one Okay. That, and then my husband can answer the other. I think the workshop will help people to realize that we can trust God with anything that he brings into our life. That he's the same as he was in the days of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel. We don't think of it that way. But if he gives us something, even something terribly difficult, he'll be there and help us to have victory in it. And I think people here that can't imagine what it would be like, they still have really difficult things that come into their life and they need to know. I think it's like a testimony of encouragement that even in this, your nightmare experience, God is there. Amen. Amen. We're talking with Herb and Linda Gregg, uh, team retirees. Uh, again, a little more about the workshop. Okay, I think uh, the whole thing shows, to me anyway, uh, God's supreme love, both uh, for me as he was teaching me many wonderful and deep things through the whole experience, but also he part of the reason that God allowed this to happen was for the benefit and hopefully the salvation of one or more of these jihadis that, that had us. They were young men trapped in this false doctrine and in their darkness and Christ was reaching out to them and so that was that was part of it. I know well some people are fearful of missions because they imagine something might happen perhaps they'd be kidnapped. What do you say to those who are reluctant to engage in mission out of fear? Fear is a, a common problem that people have but uh, uh, I think it's very important for people to be doing what is written in the book of Jude building ourselves up in our most holy faith and allowing or uh, working with God to increase our faith because faith is the opposite of, of fear. If we have that kind of deep faith and trust in God, he really handles uh, fear for us. I also think that when 
a person is facing going into missions but being afraid because something like this will happen, they need to know that if God, if it's God's will, then he'll be with them in whatever he brings into their life. And the whole purpose of our workshop is that they wouldn't be afraid. Yeah. Because yeah. wherever you are, if you're in the center of God's will, you're okay. Yes, yes. How did you prepare for the ministry that God called you to? We worked with the navigators in a discipleship ministry, being discipled and mentored for several years. We did some Bible school, um, and we were uh, prepared, I think, just as much by the navigator discipleship ministry as we were by formal Bible uh, mm -hmm. training, because when you do church planting, actually you're just discipling the people and helping them to become disciple makers, and then they become strong, and you just go on to something else. Yeah, yeah. That's why we were in four different countries doing different discipleship ministries. Herb, would you add to that? Well, um, I think the key is walking with the Lord day by day, and um, uh, both in... Uh, uh, the, the Christian disciplines, uh, one of the things we learned from the navigators were uh, the, the, the disciplines involved in following Christ. Uh, daily uh, devotions, uh, studying of, of the Word, the memorizing and meditating on the Word, things like that. And they all really, really helped us on the, on the mission field. A lot of people don't know the practicalities of maybe how to take uh, people along in some of these things but the Lord showed us and and that was a, a great a great boon to our work well I, I appreciate your your being prepared and willing uh, to serve in mission and what an inspiration and an encouragement that you are still teaching uh, and again we're talking about the workshop that they're going to be presenting this evening at 530 uh, it's titled held for ransom a secret church experience with stories of intimacy with Christ in the midst of suffering and persecution you know we read about it in the scripture but it's wonderful to hear a first-hand contemporary account of how God is working in our day to build the confidence of people who haven't perhaps been challenged in this particular way that God may be calling into the mission field. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for being here today and, and ministering to our community and uh, for just being a part of our community. It's been a real delight to, to get to meet both of you. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. Again, Herb and Linda Gregg are team retirees. They have served in Mexico and in China, in Russia, in Portugal and Brazil, committed to the gospel, committed to discipleship, even after being held ransom. And there is a fruit that remains as a consequence of their faithful service to Christ. And I, it's just an honor to sit across the table with the folks who have served so faithfully. We are broadcasting live from Mission Connection at Rolling Hills Church today. The theme is there is hope. There is hope for those of you who feel that you're called into ministry, that God would equip you, prepare you, and send you. There is hope for those at the other end who need to hear the gospel. And there is hope that the Great Commission is going to be carried out by those who are committed to serving Christ with the gifts that he has given. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we'll talk with Samuel Hakim. He's presenting a workshop tonight at 5.30, or rather Saturday at 5.30, Islam and the Great Commission. He is the president of Redeeming the Nations Ministries. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Thank you. 
Well, good afternoon and welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show, broadcasting live from Mission Connection. There is hope. We are at Rolling Hills Community Church and uh, looking forward to things beginning here shortly. Here at Mission Connection, there are 100 workshops, 90 exhibits and resources, and of course, four uh, keynote speakers, including Francis Chan, uh, the CEO of Hope International, Peter Greer, Identity Exchange co-founder Jamie Winship, and India Gospel League president um, is speaking here as well. With me now is Samuel Hakim. He is the president of Redeeming the Nations, and I'm uh, always delighted to have a conversation about the work that God is doing among Muslims here and abroad. So welcome. Thank you, Georgine. It's always a delight to be with you. Now, Samuel is teaching a workshop on Saturday at 5.30, and that workshop, Islam and the Great Commission. Muslims are growing in numbers. They're becoming more visible globally. And the question that he's going to be addressing, how should Christians respond, and why are Muslims coming to Christ in historic numbers? Um, I do want to address that, that first of all, why Muslims are coming to Christ as uh, in historic numbers. What's, what's happening now that's leading to that response? Well, there is a study that was done on uh, on number of Muslims who are coming to the Lord uh, globally throughout the history since Islam started in the 7th century. And uh, amazing surprises that uh, most of the Muslims who came to Christ throughout history came after 1960. In the beginning of 1960, we started seeing a wave of Muslims coming to Christ, and that because it marked the beginning of radio ministry broadcasting in Arabic and Farsi language to the Middle East and North Africa. That was in the 90s, and they, they I'm sorry, uh, until the 90s. Mm-hmm. After the 90s, we start seeing a great response that we never seen throughout history, about 84% of Muslims who came to Christ since the beginning of Islam, came to Christ after 2000 until 2012. And the reason behind that is the technology that God is making available for us in this generation. Internet, satellite television, and so on. Now Muslims are able to hear the gospel message. What is making the difference is we are broadcasting the gospel in their own language for them to hear it and to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. Now, Redeeming the Nations is a ministry that uh, that produces that kind of programming, and I'm always amazed at the quality of programming that you're producing. For our listeners, describe a little bit of, of what you're doing. Uh, back in the 90s, Georgine, uh, when I moved to Oregon, I felt the urge in my heart to reach out to Muslims. And uh, to be honest with you, I felt it's a hopeless case. We cannot reach out to them. And even if you invite Muslims to a church, they consider the church uh, an unclean place to come to, so they wouldn't respond. And the Lord started pushing on my heart to use what we have from technology at that time and start broadcasting the gospel message on television so they can have a chance to watch it in their own bedroom. Uh, and we started the humble beginning in 1996. And the Lord kept opening more doors. What we're doing is we are producing the gospel message in Arabic language and broadcasting through satellite television. Actually, we are covering six continents. We are reaching out over 500 Arab Muslims globally. And the response that we receive is huge. Just yesterday, I received a message uh, from a man in Jordan, uh, a lady from Saudi Arabia. And just last night, we had a chance to visit a family from North Africa 
four people and we had a chance to share the gospel. This weekend, I'm baptizing a new Muslim convert from Iraq. Praise the Lord. Many people are responding and that's what we do. Broadcast the gospel message through television and internet as well. So the next time anyone complains about television and the new technology and social media, remember that God redeems even that for his good purpose. And people are coming to know him through those uh, those mediums. I, I um, have a real heart for Muslim background believers because I've come to appreciate um, the, the cost of discipleship for those who step away from Islam and into mm-hmm. the Christian faith. Can you paint a picture for our listeners of what it's like, the cost of discipleship for those who become followers of Christ out of Islam? The cost is very high. According to the teaching of Islam, any Muslim who leaves Islam have three days to repent and come back to Islam. And if they don't repent and come back to Islam, they have the right to kill them. They should be killed. So the price is high. In many Muslim countries, that is taking place. And in other Muslim countries, when they cannot kill them out in the open, at least they're going to be totally cut off the family. They lose everything they have. They lose all their property. They lose their job. And sometimes they have to lose even their own kids. Imagine a wife that accepts Christ. Her husband has to divorce her or kill her. If he cannot kill her, he's going to divorce her. And the father automatically will have custody of the kids. I'm dealing personally with two cases. One lady from a country, I cannot uh, say the name of the country, but she had to leave the country and leave behind four kids, the oldest one at 13 years old. Another lady from Upper Egypt, she had to leave her hometown and she left behind three daughters. 12, 14, and 16. Can you imagine a mother who is leaving three daughters behind and she cannot see them anymore just to follow Christ? And what amazes me is those people are saying we are willing to follow Christ and pay the price. The surprise that we have is many Christians are not willing to share the gospel with them or they are pushing them to hide their faith because the price is too high but those people are saying we are willing to pay the price to follow Christ he is worthwhile amen amen so how should Christians respond we have much of the Muslim world coming right here to our communities and um, culturally we might feel reluctant to share our faith is there an openness how should we approach our Muslim neighbors with the love of Christ number one thing Georgine thank you for using that word the love of Christ Yes, number one thing that's impacting Muslims and changing their life is the love of God. They are facing the reality that in Islam, they have nothing but the fear from God. Because God is like the policeman who is waiting for them to commit any mistake. And he's going to beat on them and send them to hell. And it's a horrible tournament in hell. They're living in fear. And it reminds me with the Bible verse that says that Jesus died to set free those who are because of fear of death, are living all their life under fear. And Muslims have been living all their life under fear. So when you share the love of God and tell them that God loves you, that's huge news for them. It impacts their life. When we Christians show the love of God for them, that changes their hearts and their minds. 
unfortunately, and I, I'm praying that this will change, many Christians and many churches are trying to befriend them and build bridges of friendship, and that's good. But we stop there. When we stop there, we are failing big time. What they want to hear is God loves them, and there is eternal hope for them when they accept Jesus in their heart as their Savior. Jesus died on the cross for Muslims as much as he died for anybody else. And they need to know that, they need to hear that. I encourage Christians to share the good news as much as we are sharing our wealth and the good material things that we have. Yes, yes. Things of eternal value. Well, Samuel Hakim is the president of Redeeming the Nations. He's going to be presenting a workshop tomorrow night at 5.30. Muslims are growing in numbers and they're becoming more visible globally. And the question he's going to address, how should Christians respond and why are Muslims coming to Christ in historic numbers? And uh, it's, it's exciting to consider what's happening. And I don't know about uh, listeners, but I want to be a part of what God is doing in such a dramatic way. And I appreciate that Redeeming the Nations help equips, um, helps to equip believers so that we can be a part of what he's doing um, in uh, our community and abroad. Now, uh, Redeeming the Nations um, is a nonprofit. You all, um, you travel extensively to produce these programs. Um, how do you actually get into the countries that you would not perhaps personally be welcome uh, with the message of the gospel? I rely completely on the grace of God and prayer of our partners. Mm-hmm not only financial support, but their prayer support that keep us under coverage while we travel to dangerous places and give us grace with those who we speak to so God can open their hearts and they receive the gospel. One of the amazing things I can share with you, it's my passion, my vision and my dream to share the gospel and give each Muslim a chance to hear the gospel message in their mother tongue. And one time, I'm going to close with this story quickly. One time I was in northern Iraq. I was sharing the gospel with people who were cast out by ISIS from their homes. We were in a refugee tent, and I had eight young people in the tent from a Yazidi background, which is not Christian by any means. Mm -hmm. And I shared the gospel with them for 45 minutes, and then I gave them the invitation. Believe it or not, Georgine, eight of them accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior inside that little tent in a refugee camp. So when we share the good news, the fruits comes, but we have to plant the seeds. Yes, yes. Well, I am so grateful that you are and have been spreading that seed and seeing a fruit as a consequence. Um, you can check out more information about Redeeming the Nations online, but Samuel Hakim, I appreciate your being here today and for taking the time Thank to you, talk Georgine, with us. For having appreciate me. it very much. Thank you. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. We're broadcasting live here at Mission Connection. The theme this year, There is Hope. And oh, doesn't the world need hope, the hope of Christ. Uh, we're going to take a quick break for news and traffic at the top of the hour. When we, we return, uh, we're going to talk with Richard Lewis, who's teaching a workshop on tips for sharing Christ with your Hindu friend. We're also going to talk with Derek. He's uh, going to be talking about finishing the Great Commission and others. So stay with us. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the second hour of the Georgine Rice Show. We are sitting in the lobby of Rolling Hills Community Church. It is now filled with people attending Mission Connection 2018. There is hope. Now, Mission Connection 
is free of charge. It's sponsored by area churches. There are 100 workshops, 90 exhibits and resources, and Rolling Hills has opened up their, well, their home to us uh, to allow members of the Body of Christ from all over the Portland metro area, really all over the state, and some places at uh, greater distance, to come and consider where they fit in mission. So we are excited to be here. Uh, our keynote speaker tonight is Francis Chan. He is a pastor and author, a name I know is familiar to most of you. But we're also going to hear from uh, President and CEO of Hope International, Peter Greer, Identity Exchange co-founder, Jamie Winship, and India Gospel League President Samuel Stevens, all presenting uh, tomorrow as well. In his name, the nations will put their hope. Matthew 12, 21 is the uh, scripture for uh, tonight's, uh, for this weekend's mission connection, connecting God's people with mission. Now, I know this year was a little bit different in that you had to pre-register online in order to participate. And that was a challenge for some folks who like to just show up at the event and register. Uh, that's not possible this time around. But I want to let you know that there, all, there are other Mission Connection events to which you might want to consider um, participating in and to which you're invited. Mission Connection holds connection training events throughout the year to help people deeply engage in key areas of ministry and mission. Now, each connection training event is tightly focused. It's intensely practical so that people can gain resources to be more effective in service. So connection training events are held in partnership with local ministries, with mission organizations and churches. And there are four coming up uh, in the year 2018 following Mission Connection this weekend. Uh, first of all, there's uh, Mission Connection's short-term uh, mission connection that sounds a bit redundant but I think you get the idea that's coming up February the 23rd and 24th so if you would like to uh, learn more about uh, short-term connection uh, short-term mission rather you can check that out there's also the Crescent connection that used to be Muslim connection now it's called Crescent connection that's March 16th and 17th uh, there's the journey deepens mission connection uh, that's uh, April the 6th and 7th Thank you very much. Appreciate that. And then there's Mission Connection, the Student Connection. That's coming up November um, 3rd and 4th. So there are other opportunities for you to attend Connection events that are more focused as you're anticipating Mission Connection 2019. Now, I say that knowing that it'll be upon us before we know it. The doors open today here at uh, Rolling Hills Church at 4 o'clock p.m. And uh, you have until... Well, about 5.30 when the first uh, sessions, the workshops begin uh, here. And then at 7 o'clock, Francis Chan, the keynote, will be presenting. On Saturday, doors will open at 8 o'clock a.m. And Peter Greer will be the keynote. Uh, and that will begin at 9 o'clock a.m. The, the second uh, set of workshops, but the first for Saturday, will begin at 11 o'clock a.m. here at Rolling Hills uh, tomorrow. And then again at 1.30. In the interim, from noon to 1.30, you have an opportunity to visit the exhibits and to enjoy lunch. Samuel Stevens uh, will keynote at 3 o'clock p.m. tomorrow afternoon and dinner at 4.30. Another uh, and the final workshop sessions uh, will be at 5.30 tomorrow night and then at 7 o'clock p.m. Jamie Winship will uh, wrap things up as the keynote uh, for that session. Now Francis Chan is the best-selling author of Crazy Love, Forgotten God, Erasing Hell, and the host of the Basic Series, 
Who is God? And We Are Church. He's currently planning churches in San Francisco uh, in that area. He and his wife have seven children. They are co-authors of the new book, You and Me Forever, Marriage in Light of Eternity. And again, he'll be speaking tonight. Prior to joining Hope International, Peter Greer, another of the keynote speakers, worked internationally as a microfinance advisor in Cambodia, a technical advisor for Self-Help Development Foundation in Zimbabwe, and managing director of Uruguay Bank in Rwanda. He is an, an advocate for the church's role in mission, alleviating poverty, and he's co-authored several books, including Mission Drift and Created to Flourish. He and his wife, Laurel, they live in Pennsylvania with their three children, but this weekend, he's going to be at Mission Connection. Former um, police officer in the metro D.C. area, Jamie Winship, has spent over 25 years in the Muslim world teaching people how to hear uh, from God to live in his kingdom. He and his wife, Donna, they speak around the United States and across the globe. Together, they serve as catalysts to help people find their God-given identity and experience a life of freedom. Uh, Jamie Winship is going to be a keynote speaker tomorrow, as well as Reverend Samuel Stevens, who is the third-generation leader of India Gospel League. He has a deep commitment to a sustainable transformation of the lives and living conditions of people in rural villages in India, and he has established rural schools, medical clinics, skilled training centers, daycare facilities, and programs empowering thousands of lives. Uh, he, too, will be uh, one of the keynote speakers tomorrow at Mission Connection. Again, the doors will open at 8 a.m., and as was the case today, you must have pre-registered online uh, before uh, the event. Well, coming up in our next segment on the program, we're going to talk with Richard Lewis. He's presenting a workshop, 10 Tips for Sharing Christ with Your Hindu Friends. There's lots of uh, focus on Islam. We're going to focus a little bit on um, Hindu friends. It's going to be presented in two parts on Saturday at 11 a.m. in the morning and 1.30 in the afternoon. But he is going to help Christ followers avoid the major pitfalls when witnessing to Hindus, whether that's here at home or abroad. He moved uh, with his family from... Um, Mumbai, India, where he works as a software company, uh, but spends his off time sharing what Jesus has done uh, for him through Love Your Neighbor workshops um, with a ministry of crew, Naya Jivan. So we're looking forward to talking with him. And later in the program, we're going to talk with Derek. Now, I'm not going to give his last name for a particular reason, nor the area that he ministers in, but it's an area you would not expect there's Christian mission. We're going to talk with him about the workshop. He'll be presenting on Saturday, Finishing the Great Commission. And he makes the point that it's possible to finish the Great Commission in our lifetime. But of course, that depends on whether or not we are faithfully following God's call on each of our lives. Uh, uh, he says, uh, as I mentioned, that finishing the Great Commission is possible in our lifetimes through viral disciple-making movements. Um, you can hear what we're uh, learning from these movements and how you can employ the same uh, uh, disciple-making principles in the work that God has for you. So we're looking forward to talking to those two gentlemen as the program continues uh, here at Rolling Hills Community Church. Mission Connection. There is hope. We are broadcasting live um, this year as we have, I think, every year of uh, Mission Connection. And it's just a delight to see the lobby filled with people who are here, who are pursuing the will of God, who are pursuing an understanding of who they are in Christ and how he wants to use them uh, to fulfill the Great Commission. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll be back in a moment. So stay with us. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. 
Well, good afternoon and welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. We are broadcasting live from Rolling Hills Community Church. It's Mission Connection 2018. There is hope. And it's been such a delight to talk with some of the workshop presenters to give you a, a bit of a, a glimpse into what's happening here this weekend. With me now is Richard Lewis. He's going to be presenting the workshop 10 Tips for Sharing Christ with Your Hindu Friend in two parts. Part one will be Saturday morning at 11, the second part at 1.30 on Saturday afternoon. And he's helping Christ followers avoid the mistakes, the pitfalls, when witnessing to Hindus. Now, Richard moved with his family from Mumbai, India, where he works for a software company in the Seattle area, but spends his off time sharing what Jesus has done for him through the uh, Love Your Neighbor workshops with uh, Naya Jivan, a ministry of crew. Welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Georgie. It's an honor to be on your show. Well, it's an honor for us to have you here. We, uh, a lot of our attention now is focused on what's happening in Islam. I appreciate that you're focusing our attention as well on how to minister to our Hindu friends and the fact that there are mistakes we can make that make it more difficult for people to hear the gospel. What are some of the things that we do that we need to be aware of are a hindrance in our effort to communicate the love of Christ? Sure. So very often, Georgine, we remember what Jesus said when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. But sometimes we forget who asked the question for which the Lord gave that as an answer. And the person who asked was one of Jesus' disciples, Thomas. And Thomas, as history suggests, went to India and went and had a ministry there and shared about Jesus in India. Now, it's interesting that when the Lord gave Thomas the instructions to go there or so to speak kind of talking about him being exclusive that's exactly what we need to remember when talking to Hindus which is they usually have no trouble taking Jesus and adding him to the altar with other deities but then how do you communicate the exclusivity of Christ growing up Ravi Zacharias's mother told him you want to make sure that you don't cut off the nose and ask someone to smell the rose and that is something which is super important when it, when you're talking to a Hindu. And so in the workshop tomorrow, we will be covering five pitfalls as well as five principles to talk and share about Jesus. Let me briefly share one of them with you. And this is what I call the ABCD principle. This is something that you will find examples in scripture as well. So the A is for arrive. You want to arrive at where the Hindus are. Look at the Lord Jesus. He came to this sinful, dusty planet, and he arrived where we were. So we want to meet our Hindu friends where they are, like in temples and other places. B is for bridge. You want to bridge to there to them, and you want to be able to share the love of Christ in a very meaningful manner. You also want to be able to communicate, and that's where the C comes in. You want to communicate and appeal to their authorities, as the Apostle Paul also quoted several Greek poets in Scripture, in the same way, we could to rely on some of their shlokas. We don't want to take and throw the baby along with the bathwater, so to speak. And finally, you want to draw their imagery. You want to be able to draw into what they believe, into things that they understand and can easily correlate with. So that's a very high-level synopsis of some of the things you'll be covering tomorrow. Now, how did you come to faith in Christ? Did you grow up in a Christian family or did you convert from... Hinduism to Christianity. Yeah, I was born in a Christian home, but you know, as someone has said, God does not have grandchildren. That's right. God only has children. 
And so at some point, I did have to empty my cup, so to speak, and fill it with the, with the new wine that the Lord gives. So there was a, a Catholic woman who actually brought my Hindu mother to a saving knowledge of Jesus. And I just looked at her and I said, I want to be able to talk to God this way. And then slowly I went into scripture and, um, you know, the Lord Jesus spoke to me. I would say in my case, it was more of a sunrise rather than a light switch. And I just thank God for that. Now, I think a lot of um, Christians are reluctant to share their faith because they assume there is, first of all, a disinterest, and secondly, that there might be hostility. How open are um, uh, Hindus to hearing the gospel? And yeah. I, I know presentation has a lot to do with that, but is there an openness? Yes, absolutely. Hindus are a very, very spiritual people. You know, here in the Western society, it's very hard to break ice and talk about God. But with Hindus, it's no problem at all. You can instantly strike up a conversation with a Hindu by asking them the meaning of their name. You can also ask them about life in India. You can ask them about how do they, how do they go about doing their religious activities in India. And what you're doing is you're asking good questions. When you're asking good questions, the first thing you must do is listen to what they have to yes. say. And the way you know you have listened well is if you are able to summarize what they say in a short way. And then finally, because you have earned the right to be heard, you can do equal sharing. And so you can share about answers to the same questions that you have asked and received answers to. We have heard historically that there's been hostility toward this, the sharing of uh, the gospel in India. Is that, is that still true or is that a fair characterization of what has been the case? Yes, there, there definitely is. And to be honest, as the scripture says, there's nothing new under the sun, right? Just as you had Pharisees who were by the law and then you had the Sadducees who were the kind of more of the skeptics. In the same way, in Hinduism also you have a similar trichotomy, if you will. You know, you see that there are Hindus who are more open to the gospel. You'll see some Hindus which are more staunch and might not want to believe easily. But here's what I say. Jesus called us to be fishers of men, not keepers of the aquarium. That means we want to be able to share Jesus with them. Let's stick to Jesus. Let's talk about what Jesus spoke. Jesus has power. The themes that speak to Hindus most are the themes of forgiveness, the themes of unconditional love. And Jesus is the God who loves. So if we are able to be ambassadors, we are, I'm pretty sure the Holy Spirit will bring us into situations where we can speak to Jesus, speak about Jesus to our Hindu friends. Now tell us a little bit about the Love Your Neighbor workshops that you are involved in with uh, Naya Jivan. Yes, definitely. So I'm the associate trainer at the Naya Jivan, um, at the Naya Jivan Ministry. And this workshop, which is called the Love Your Neighbor, is a workshop that we conduct free of charge, first of all. Uh, it can be conducted for a church um, in, in their premises. And basically, it's a two-day session, which can be split across hours depending on, the, depending on the availability of the church. And during this session, we train the attendees with different tools, tips, and techniques to equip them to better share Christ. We do so by sharing, by going through Scripture and looking at examples from Scripture and borrowing those techniques and using them in our approach to sharing Christ with Hindus. 
Well, we're just excited that you have taken the time to talk with us today and that you're providing um, resource to help believers more effectively share with their Hindu friends. Is there a, a, a large Hindu population here in the United States? Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, in, in the book of Acts, it says that God has placed every person in different places so that they might be able to grope for him. Well, if people are groping for Jesus, what are we to do? right we are to go out and be his hands and feet and take the good news of the gospel to these people indians are coming here in droves yes. primarily because of it and india is one of the few countries in asia where english is taught from a very young age which makes many indians kind of united states ready so to speak and therefore when they come here it's so easy to talk to them have a great conversation with them and then build essential bridges with them and show, share with them the love of christ now one of the emphasis here at mission connection is the great commission yes how is the church doing in reaching the hindu population yeah, so, you know, I'm sure you heard of that where people talk of the Great Commission being the Great Omission, and, and sometimes that can be really hard. I think what we need these days is for the body to realize that no longer do we have, do we have to take mission trips to India when God is bringing India here yes. to the United States. So there is a great opportunity amongst the, in, in the body to go out go out of the comfort zone as someone has said if you want to walk on water you have to step out of your boat and so i would encourage the body to really step out of their boat look at what the holy spirit is doing in their midst and then be obedient to that calling yes yes one of the things i've asked my guests here today is to respond to what is very common in the hearts of some believers and that is the fear of stepping out and sharing their faith with someone that's unfamiliar their belief system may be unfamiliar to them what do you say to those who are fearful about taking the commission seriously for them in sharing their faith. Uh, scripture gives us an example where one of the examples where there was a, a demoniac that became a disciple. And when he wanted to follow Jesus, Jesus said, go to Decapolis and tell what the Lord has done for you. And therein lies the foundation, the bedrock for our testimony. I don't think we need to prepare for our testimonies because as my daughter reminded me this just this morning, the Holy Spirit gives us the words for our testimony. And so I would encourage all our believers, brothers and sisters out there to think about what God has done in their own life, pray about it and share using their own words. Oh, excellent. Well, again, uh, Richard Lewis is going to be presenting a workshop, actually two, parts one and two, 10 tips for sharing Christ with your Hindu friend uh, on Saturday at 11 a.m. and again at 1.30 p.m., the second part of that, helping Christ followers avoid the five major pitfalls when witnessing to uh, Hindus. Thank you so much for being here, for taking the time to talk with us, and uh, blessings to you and your ministry. Thank you very Thank much, you so Georgine. Much. Take care. We're broadcasting from Mission Connection, and we're just delighted to have the opportunity opportunity to speak with some of the workshop presenters here. As you know, there are um, there are so many of them that are going to be uh, presenting. In fact, there are 100 workshops, and we're just speaking to a few of them, but it gives you just a little taste of what's coming. As I mentioned, there are other Connection events for those of you who perhaps were not able to attend Mission Connection this year. You can check that out at the website, missionconnection.com, and of course, Connection is spelled with an X. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Up next, we're going to talk with Derek. We'll explain why the simple name in just a few moments. We'll be back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ.
Hey, we're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're broadcasting live from Mission Connection 2018. There is hope is the theme, and it's running throughout this whole event. Uh, it's been such a pleasure to talk with some of the workshop presenters, and with me now is Derek. He is presenting a workshop um, uh, this, let's see, Saturday morning, Finishing the Great Commission. And uh, we're just delighted to have you. I know you just arrived on a flight, so I hope you caught your breath, and we're, we're grateful that you've taken the time to talk with us today. Thanks. Yeah, trying to catch my breath and uh, just literally walked in the door. Now, this this idea of finishing the Great Commission, that just makes my heart race, the thought of finishing the Great Commission. Is it possible for us in our time to complete the work that God has given in in sending the gospel out into all the world? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, the church is growing and great things are happening all around the world. We're seeing disciples being made in a lot of different countries. But if we take a look at the raw numbers of unbelievers, the people that have never heard about Jesus, it's growing much faster than the church is growing. So you could say in a way that we're falling behind. And so we really need to take a look at the methods that we're using if we're going out and doing and trying to accomplish what God called us to accomplish because we need to start looking at some methods that multiply disciples and multiply churches rather than just going and starting one church and calling it a success. Now, one of the reasons I'm not using your last name and I'm not mentioning where specifically you work is because you and your organization work in places that would be very difficult or unwelcome to the gospel at all. Give us kind of a general overview as much as is possible of what God is doing in places that we expect he is absent. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I myself am working in a country that has been listed as the most persecuted nation on the face of the earth for uh, many years running. Um, and we've got people that are working in Muslim countries in the Middle East, uh, all throughout Asia, Southeast Asia. And, you know, you can get really depressed when you look at the news and you see what's going on and you wonder, is God out there? Is God doing anything? How could God let anything like this happen? But what I can tell you on the ground from the people that we have in all these different places, we are seeing movements of people come to Christ where we're not just seeing a couple of disciples here and a couple of disciples there. We're seeing movements of disciples. Uh, Middle East and countries that are war-torn and uh, terrible things are going on. People are turning to Christ. Northern Africa, people are turning to Christ. Southeast Asia, even in the country that I'm working with, people are turning to Christ. So there is a very, very bright hope on the horizon. And so sometimes you have to forget what the news says and remember that we have spiritual eyes. Absolutely. And God is always doing more than we imagine. And there's a, always a backstory of, of God at work uh, among us. Now, you're going to be talking about finishing the Great Commission. Tell us a little bit about what you'll be sharing in that workshop. Certainly. Well, like I said, the church, even though we're making great strides, we're not keeping up with the population growth of the world. We're seeing more unbelievers than we did before. Uh, if I can look at my numbers here, we are, I think it's 3.5 billion uh, lost souls in 1985. In the year 2000, we had 5 billion. So there are more lost people today than there ever have been before. So one of the things that we did, and uh, I want to give a shout out to Perspectives, to your listeners. Perspectives is a great course. Um, my wife and I went through Perspectives 20 years ago, and we changed the focus of what we wanted to do in ministry because of that. And, and through Perspectives, we learned that it's not just enough to plant a church. It's not just enough to, to make a disciple. 
but there's this whole concept of disciple-making movements that we learn through perspectives where there are ways to make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. And so since going through perspectives and joining our organization beyond, I have been able to go to some of the most amazing countries in the world where these movements are happening and see these movements firsthand. And so we're going and we're learning from what God is doing. A lot of times we can go from the States and we can take our own plans, right? It's so much better to go over and figure out what God is doing and then figure that out and then try to figure out how do we replicate that. So one of the things we've been doing is we've been looking at movements that are happening in India where 40,000 house churches have been planted in the last 20 years. And we're taking people from these movements and we're cross-pollinating them with other countries to be able to help them cross-pollinate into places like China, into places like um, Taiwan and Southeast Asia, to be able to help these movements connect to other unreached segments and to be able to cross-pollinate. And we're seeing some really great things happen as a result. Oh, that's so encouraging uh, to hear. One of the things you mentioned in our conversation before the interview was um, one way to measure success is by the number of generations that are Christ followers. Explain that. So, um, just before when I was in the States living kind of the normal American life before I got this mission bug, uh, I always looked at what the Bible said about making disciples and Paul talking to Timothy you know, go and find faithful men who can teach others. And there was this reproductive type multiplication feel to it. But I could never find anything that really looked like that. It seemed like we spent all this time making a disciple, but you invite them to church and who knows if they get discipled or not. What we define success as is, well, first, success is being faithful to whatever God has called you to. That is that is our baseline for success. Uh, what our aim is in disciple-making movements, our aim is to be able to see disciples making disciples down to the fourth generation. So if you look at 2 Timothy 2.2, you've got Paul talking to Timothy, telling him to find faithful men who find faithful men. That's four generations of people. So uh, we're tracking right now 600, almost 650 movements around the world that are fourth generation and beyond. Uh, but for something for us to be able to call it a movement, we have to we have to hit that four generations. And not everything hits that, but um, when it does, I need to see amazing things happen. And and I want to say too that not every place that people do this do we see movements emerge. But we, where we use these principles that we've learned in the Bible and that we've learned God doing through the world, we almost always see more disciples being made than using any other methods that we use. So, Well, we look at the numbers who have yet to hear the gospel, and you look at how the church generally is doing in reaching the unreached. Are you encouraged that we are learning and modifying our approaches in a way that is likely to result in our being more successful in the future than we have been in the past? You know, I think we are, and, and it's encouraging, too, to be back in the States because we're seeing a lot of churches wrestle with these principles as well. How do we, how do we make disciples that make disciples within the church? Um, about three or four years ago, uh, our organization, we had assumed from all the organizations that we interact with that there were about 100 different movements that were active throughout the world. That was just three or four years ago today and we've got we've got researchers that are teamed up with other researchers that are their full-time job within our organization is to research this stuff we now know of like I said about 600 to 650 movements that are active 
throughout the world. So these movements are expanding, they're growing, and we're seeing more and more of them. So I'm incredibly encouraged. I'm incredibly encouraged. And if anybody wants to learn more about them and our organization, they, could, they can go to beyond.org on the internet. Well, um, I would encourage people to do that because part of the purpose of Mission Connection isn't just to skim the surface, but to go a bit deeper and to really explore the resources that are available and uh, what God's doing in the world. So that's a great resource to follow up with, to learn more, and uh, you know, to see maybe this is an area that God is calling you to as well. Now, um, Derek is going to be teaching on finishing the Great Commission. He says it's possible in our lifetime through viral disciple-making movements. And in his workshop, you can hear what, uh, what we're learning from these movements and how you can employ the same disciple-making principles. That workshop, again, is Saturday at 11, uh, finishing the Great Commission. And I've already forgotten what you've told me about the, <laughs> the first part of that. Yeah, DMM is disciple-making movements. Disciple-making movements. It wasn't that hard. I just just couldn't remember. Um, anyway, I'm just I'm encouraged by what you're sharing, and I know for many of us it seems like such an impossible task, and we look around at, at our limited resources and forget how great God is and that he's determined to fulfill his purpose in the earth. So <laughs> it, it's encouraging to hear from you um, how God is moving and that uh, his people are, are working better and better at, at reflecting his priorities and accomplishing his his goals. I'm really encouraged by the number of people that are here. It was I, I as you said, I just got off the plane. I almost didn't find a parking space to even come in here because the parking lot is packed, the rooms are packed, and I'm just encouraged. I was impacted by something like this many many years ago, and I'm God's sending more and more people yes. out. Missions is not dead. And uh, God is alive, so Amen. That, that's awesome. Amen. Derek, thank you so much. I hope you can get a moment to take a deep breath before things start. But thank you for your ministry, and thank you for taking time to talk with us here today. Thanks, and if I can just give a shout-out to Please. two young girls, Cassie and Lonnie, listening in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Cassie and Lonnie, thank you for lending your dad. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're broadcasting live from Mission Connection 2018. Um, it's such a delight to me because, as was mentioned a moment ago by Derek, as the doors opened at 4 and people started streaming in, uh, some people were apologizing for the noise, and it occurred to me what a delightful sound to hear God's people streaming into an event the sole focus of which is to focus on the Great Commission and my place in it, my part in it, developing a vision and, and following where God is calling us. That's what this uh, this weekend is all about. So we're, we're excited. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back in a moment. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We are broadcasting live from Mission Connection right here at um, Rolling Hills Community Church. And things are about to begin. The workshops begin at, uh, or actually began at 5.30, so they're actually well into the first set of workshops. So we're excited about that. There are also people lined up to go into the sanctuary. They're looking forward to hearing Francis Chan, who will be speaking tonight exclusively uh, here at Mission Connection. The doors will open tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Uh, with the first workshop. Uh, Peter Greer being presented at 9 o'clock, and then uh, workshops at 11, uh, lunch at noon, and then at 1.30, the third set of workshop sessions. Um, Samuel Stevens will speak at 3, uh, dinner break at 4.30, workshop sessions at 5.30 and at 7 o'clock p.m. Um, Jamie Winship will uh, bring things home as the keynote uh, at the end of Mission Connection 
2018. As I mentioned earlier, there are other mission events. Mission Connection holds connection training events throughout the year to help people engage in key areas of ministry and missions. And you can find out more about that and other events related to Mission Connection on their website, missionconnection.com. And by the way, uh, that is with an X. And I want to make sure I got that right. It might be org. You want to check on that for me? Mission Connection uh, with an X. And you can find out about the short-term Mission Connection that's coming up in February. The Crescent Connection, which is um, uh, the Muslim Connection, was the previous name in March. The Journey Deepens, that's coming up in April. And the Student Connection, uh, November. So check those out. These are events that are... Uh, highly focused and are designed to provide more intense and focused training for those who are serious about the Great Commission. These events are held in partnership with local ministries, mission organizations, and churches. So it's another great opportunity um, to hear God's voice, His call uh, on your life. I want to thank Rolling Hills Community Church, who, uh, like so many other churches before it, Uh, has opened their house to the body of Christ at large. There are so many people in the lobby, and all of the workshop rooms are full of people right now. There are 100 of them before the weekend is over. There will have been 100 workshops. That means there are people tramping all over the church all weekend long. Sunday morning, they're going to open their doors, and their congregation is going to come in. It costs a great deal, and I'm not talking about finances. It costs something for a church to open its facility. The restrooms have to be turned over. Things have to be cleaned up. So they have been very gracious and generous to make their facility available to the body of Christ for Mission Connection. So we just want to say thank you to them and area churches that underwrite uh, this event. It is a no-charge event. You come to Mission Connection, and the only thing that you need to bring with you is your enthusiasm and a heart that's open to hearing the, the, the voice of God and the, to be open to the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, area churches make this possible. So we want to say thank you to them. And also, when we arrived here at about 3.30, the place was teeming with volunteers. Now, these are folks who just said, we want to serve the community, and we're going to show up early, we're going to go through training, we're going to figure out how this all works. And they, even right now, as I'm looking ahead of me, they are checking people in, they're working, they're volunteers. I want to say thank you to them and the board of directors and um Uh, organizers of this event. They've been working since the end of Mission Connection 2017. They've been working on Mission Connection 2018. And that is a a responsibility that requires vigilance on their part. And then there are people who have been praying over this facility. They've been praying over the names of every person who's registered. They've been praying over the workshops and the, uh, the exhibits and the resources that are made available, that this would be a significant time where God's people would have an encounter with Christ that's unique to them, and that it would have an impact on their life and their commitment to mission moving forward. So this has required a great deal of effort on the part of lots of people uh, who just want to serve Christ and want to uh, make themselves available to serve the body of Christ. So thank you to all of those who have made Mission Connection uh, 2018 possible. Taking a quick look at uh, the Georgine Rice Show next week, I wanted to mention some of the things that are coming up. On Monday, we're going to talk with Warren Wearsby. He's the author of Delights and Disciplines, a Bible study, a guidebook for studying God's Word. And for those of us who have thought, well, the new year has come, I'm going to really focus in perhaps more uh, more than uh, before on studying God's Word on a regular basis. This is a resource that might help you in that area. On Tuesday, we're going to talk with Larry Gadbaugh. He's the CEO of First Image. We're going to talk about uh, Sanctity of Human Life Week. Sanctity of Human Life Sunday is coming up. 
uh, this uh, this weekend. Uh, and so there's lots of uh, focus and attention on uh, the pro-life movement and the, the, the sanctity of human life. And uh, so we're going to talk with Larry Gadbaugh about those themes. On Wednesday, we'll talk with uh, Nancy Piercy. She's the author of Love Thy Body, Answering Hard Questions About Life and Sexuality. She's one of the people I would trust to talk about such subjects on air. And then on Thursday, we have our annual Cross-International Radiothon, where we have an opportunity to give generously in a couple of ways. First of all, to learn about the, uh, the plight of uh, folks we will probably never meet face-to-face but need our help and commit to pray for them. And then we're going to ask you to consider making financial contribution as well uh, through Cross International that ministers in areas of the world um, that are impoverished. So that's the lineup for, uh, for next week. So we're looking forward looking forward to that again we are here at mission connection tonight and in fact uh, not too long from now francis chan who's a best-selling author of crazy love forgotten god erasing hell and a ho- the host of the basic series um, is going to be speaking he's currently planting churches in the san francisco area along with his family his wife lisa their seven children and the two of them are co-authors of the new uh, book you and me, uh, get this right you and me forever marriage in light of eternity so Looking forward to that. And then Peter Greer will be the uh, first speaker tomorrow morning. He is um, uh, he worked internationally as a microfinance advisor in a number of places. He is the advocate for church role in uh, missions and alleviating poverty. He's also the co-author of several books. Um, he and his wife uh, live in Pennsylvania with their three children. He's going to be presenting tomorrow morning. And then at uh, 3 o'clock, Stephen, or rather Samuel Stevens, uh, Reverend Stevens, is going to be uh, speaking, he's a third-generation leader of the India Gospel League. He has a deep commitment to sustainable transformation in the lives and uh, living conditions of people in rural villages in India. And uh, he'll be presenting. And then finally at 7 o'clock, Jamie Winship will be the keynote. And Jamie Winship is a former police officer in the metro D.C. area. He spent about 25 years in the Muslim world teaching people how to fear, or how to hear rather from God and live in his kingdom. He and his wife uh, travel the country speaking and travel the globe, really. Together they serve as catalysts to help people find their God-given identity and experience a life of freedom. That's the lineup of speakers for Mission Connection. Well, we are just about out of time. I want to thank uh, Clark Hilton for engineering today's program, um, holding down the fort back at the station. James Blend, who is here with me producing today's program. And uh, thank you for making the Georgine Rice Show part of your day. I wonder if you'll just uh, remember Mission Connection in your prayers, that there would be uh, safety here, that people would have a, a deep connection with Christ while they're here, that this would be a profound um, opportunity for many to get some direction and clarity in God's call on their life. And I know many come for that very purpose, uh, to be taught and trained and to do a better job of, um, of extending the love of Christ and reaching out into communities that they are called to serve. So if you're not attending, you can at least play a role in praying for those who are here uh, and are. Hey, thanks so much for listening. You're listening or we're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.